welcome back to the Not Your Average Girl podcast. Today, Sarah is not here, unfortunately. It's just Jess. Sarah is in her practicum for school, so she has to be really careful with COVID exposure, so she is skipping out on this one. But don't worry, I have someone else here to keep you entertained for this episode. I am so lucky to be joined by actually my realtor, Amy. Amy, say hi. Hello. Welcome and thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. This is actually my first time that I've been back to Jessica's place after she uh, purchased and she's done a full reno and it looks absolutely amazing. So, so proud of you. Oh my gosh, I couldn't have done it without you guys. Amy is a total boss. Like, I swear to God, I got such a good deal on this place and we looked at, I mean, not too many places before this, but I feel like you really helped me. 15 to 20 places. Yeah, you really helped me kind of focus in on what I was Mm -hmm. looking for and believed in me Mm -hmm. when we walked in here and it was a, a little bit disastrous, but... We turned it around. That's one thing I've always loved about you, Jessica. You are really able to look past a disaster. And you really need to do that when you're making a smart purchase. And we walked in this place and it was a older fella living here. And he really wasn't occupying the unit and wasn't the cleanest guy. So no, let's just say things were very (laughs) sticky. It was, yeah, Um. it was a bit sticky, but uh, (laughs) She was able to look past it and she got a wicked deal because of it. Um, I believe it was on the market for just over a month when you purchased. Yeah, yeah. It it wasn't too, too long, but it definitely had been like sitting a little while. I don't think they were getting much interest. (laughs) So a lot of people walk in if it's not shiny and new, they they, uh, get turned off. Especially with an older building, they want to make sure that the unit looks like it's in good condition too. And um, we were able to look through all the strata documents and the buildings in really good shape and it really was just cosmetic things in this mm-hmm, unit. So mm-hmm. that's where we saw some value if she was to put some money in. And yeah, mm-hmm. I'm super excited for you because it looks like a brand new place now and I love it. Nice condo, such a nice unit. So great purchase. <laughs> yeah, I'm so happy with it. No regrets. No regrets. No regrets. <laughs> Glad to hear that. Uh, so why don't we get started and you just give us a little bit of like your background, maybe take us to like a year or two before you started your career. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about your mentality and just maybe a little bit of like where you've gone. I know you've changed. Um, you've worked for a couple different companies. So yeah. Okay. Well, hello, everyone. Um, this is my first time on a podcast. So I'm excited. Uh, Hopefully I don't stumble too much, but uh, my name is Amy Brown and I am a local realtor specializing in the Tri-City area where I was born and raised. I am uh, 25 years old and I'm humbled to be in the top 10% of all realtors in Greater Vancouver. I first started in the industry at age 16. I uh, actually was in a marketing class in school and one of our assignments was to get a hundred hours of work experience oh. in the field of our choosing. So I ended up choosing real estate. Um, at the time, my parents were both real estate investors. They were retired um, RCMP officers. So they had been investing in real estate for quite some time and they had purchased uh, a few properties throughout the Tri-Cities. So we knew a couple of realtors and I called um three realtors before I was able to find a realtor that would like me to come shadow them. Mm. And at the time, I couldn't quite understand that because I was offering to work for someone for free for 100 <laughs> hours just to learn from them. And uh, actually, the first realtor I called, she uh, she didn't she didn't want to have me by just because she is so busy and she's still a really 
amazing, successful realtor, but uh, she didn't have the time to have someone shadowing her. And I can now see where that would be challenging because every single day is different in this profession. So mm. it is, it would be hard to schedule someone coming by and having clients be okay with someone sitting in um, in very private conversations. Mm -hmm. So um, I was able to work with a realtor who's actually uh, been around for about 25 years now. Nice. Maybe even a little bit longer. His name was uh, Phil Haig and he runs a successful team um, in the Tri-Cities and he was amazing. He really took me around and showed me all the sides of the business, not just the positive sides. And I learned a lot from him. I was a bit shocked when I was done my, <laughs> when I was done the hundred hours, it wasn't exactly what I thought it was. When mm -hmm. I featured realtors, I was thinking of million dollar listing and uh, all the fun things like selling you see on sunset. TV, selling sunset, all the sexy exactly. drama, <laughs> sexy houses, yeah. sexy clients. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he had me out door knocking and sending out thousands of Christmas cards. And I just remember thinking, this is what you, you do all day and you do this six days a week. <laughs> so I was a bit turned off actually after my, um, after my internship with him. I just didn't feel like I was ready mm -hmm. to get into the industry right out of high school. And a lot of people kept telling me, no, you should wait until you're um, done university and you're sure that's something you want to do because it's a really difficult industry. And mm -hmm. especially at a young age, I, I don't know if buyers or sellers are going to take you seriously. Um, so that was something I was very scared to do was just to start off on my own, even though I knew that was what I wanted to end up doing. I just wasn't sure if I was ready. Mm -hmm. So I ended up uh, after I graduated six months early and I was working as a lifeguard with the city of Coquitlam and city of Port Coquitlam. So I, I did enjoy my job. I swam most, most of my life. So I really did enjoy um, working as a lifeguard, but I still always just kept thinking about real estate. Mm. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of hard to step away from my job at the city. So it was pretty good pay um, and set hours. And I worked for the city of Coquitlam and Port Coquitlam. But I just decided that I was ready, um, ready for change. I ended up going on a little trip and I traveled uh, Asia and I went to Australia. And that was really great for me. By the time I came back, I was so ready just to jump into my career. And I was serving at a restaurant right when I got back from my trip. And I met a realtor and he oh. hired me as his assistant. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So that was my first shift when I was back. I was working at a local restaurant and I met a realtor. It's actually not the realtor that I ended up working with um, for about two years before I went off on my own in real estate. It was a different realtor and he ended up firing me. <laughs> That's another story um, we can touch on, but uh, it definitely leads me to where I am today, which I'm so grateful for. It's the first time I've ever been fired from a job. Yeah. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And I just remember feeling so devastated because I 
came back from traveling. I was so excited to, just about getting started. And I knew for sure after going to school, this is what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had no idea where to get started. So I was working at this restaurant and all of a sudden I, I meet this realtor and he, and he wants to hire me and I'm, I'm just pumped. Everything is just coming together. And so I ended up working with him for about a month. And I went to Vegas for a trip with my girlfriend. And our it was in April that we went away. And our flights got canceled due to weather. And he didn't believe me when I came back. And there was a couple other things that happened. But um, when I came back, I think really it was that he didn't believe me um, that our flights got canceled due mm. to weather. And he said to me that I don't think real estate is for you. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> So I was hurt by that because I thought everything was going good. And now that I'm in the industry for a little bit longer, I understand how expensive it is to have an assistant. Unless you're producing a certain amount of deals, you really can't keep that assistant around. So it is a difficult job being a real estate assistant because people want you when they're busy. And as soon as they start to get slow and they start to get worried about their income, um, you're the first to go. Right. <laughs> so it's not there's not a lot of stability there. I um, when I was working with him, I started to I just felt like we were a little bit different and and that was okay. So I just started to search around for other job opportunities in the industry. And what I did was I added a lot of the top realtors on Facebook and I just kind of wanted to see what they were doing. Um, and one of the the day I got fired, the top agent um, in the Tri-Cities for Remax messaged me on Facebook and he said, I see that you're studying at UBC um, for your licensing exam. Are you interested in a job? I need an assistant. So this is in 2015 when the market was just starting to really take off in Mm, Vancouver mm -hmm. and he was swamped and he was, he's always been very successful, but this year was one of his biggest years. He already had an assistant. He needed a second assistant. And I was so excited that he reached out to me that I, met up with him right away. I think it was the next day that we met up and he hired me on the spot. And he said to me in my interview, you don't really have a lot of real estate experience. You don't have a lot of post-secondary education and and you're really young, but I like you. So I'm going (laughs) to give you a week. He said, if you're, if you do good, I'll keep you. But but if things aren't working out by Friday, this is just the way it works then we're gonna have to go our separate ways. And I thought, oh my goodness, am I gonna get fired twice in one week? Oh um, my God, pressure's so, on, Jesus. Pressure's on. So I worked um, for him for a week, everything. And about three days in, he told me that he was heading off to Hawaii for a month. So I th- thought, oh, maybe that's a good sign. He likes me. Um, and by Friday, he ended up telling me that he wants me to work with him full time. Amazing. Yeah. So that was super exciting and it built my confidence up. And totally. Yeah. And after just being so devastated, thinking, oh, maybe real estate's not for me, I really had to just put myself out there again. And I'm so happy that I just didn't let um, myself get defeated after that mm-hmm. first time because it really just started. That was the first time my major rejection in the industry. And that's just what we face with day, every single day in this job. So yeah, we'll talk about good. that. Yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was good preparation for sure. Um, but yeah, that was the biggest blessing that's happened to me so far in real estate was yeah. having um, my mentor hire me on full time and working has 
as his assistant, it was the best education I could have received. Mm -hmm. And he was working on the luxury market in the Tri-Cities, and he still is. Um, So I learned a ton from him. I was working with high-end clientele. I had to walk into $5 million homes in my early 20s and prove to these sellers and these big clients that I knew what I was doing. And really, Mm -hmm. I found that... I wasn't licensed at the time, so there was only certain things I could do. But what people wanted they, was the customer service side of things. Because when you're hiring the top real, realtor, um, they're busy. And right. they want their questions answered. So when you mm-hmm. get a certain le- to a certain level, you need an assistant to really help with those questions and make your clients feel heard and supported um and that's kind of where i was Mm -hmm. was just to deal with the clients questions as they came in and obviously anything big would go straight to my mentor but um it was it was a great learning experience because i was cc'd in all the emails and i got to learn how he would talk to his clients and how he handled uh, certain situations and yeah it was that's kind of how it all started. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. Like, I feel like you had the perfect combination of like right place, right time, but also like making your destiny. Right. Cause like, I hate when people like people have success and people are like, Oh, you're like, you're so lucky Mm -hmm. where it's like, I don't really think luck exists. Like I Mm -hmm. do think that there's like, there's like privilege that plays into it. There's like a certain amount of like hard work. And then there's also like right place, right time, which I think Mm -hmm. everything very much lined up for you there. Right. Like you were like liking those people on Facebook, which was Mm -hmm. good because you're putting yourself out there and you just happened to be there when this man needed an assistant, which Mm -hmm. is, which is crazy. Yeah. And amazing. It definitely felt meant to be at the time. And it was, it was a huge pay cut from what I was making at the city, but I just kept telling myself that this is for my future and this is what I want to be doing. And I know I want to do this. So why wait? Why wait until I'm 30 and have to start then when potentially I could be wanting to have children at the time or maybe in my 30s I want to be traveling. I want to get my career started now. So that was something I was just so focused on. And I think I got that from um, my parents. They were really hardworking and they both started out working as police officers in their early 20s. So they were able to retire young and they were able to retire young through real estate. So I kind of grew up around real estate and watching them buy and um, yeah. sell and buy and rent out. And so I learned a lot from them and I I saw the financial security that real estate gave them. So I was always attracted to it. Um, and my uncle is actually a very successful realtor in Saskatchewan. Oh God, runs thick in your blood, jeez. <laughs> Well, yeah. yeah, so my parents weren't realtors and I find with a lot, a lot, the most common question I get when I'm out and about showing or um, sitting down with a seller or a new buyer client is, oh, do you have family in real estate? And compared to the typical person my age um, in the industry, I don't really have a lot Interesting. of family um, who are realtors. I just have my one uncle um, and I have no one really in Vancouver. So that was... But after working with my mentor for so long, I, I really started to feel like he was family. Um, yeah. So it is, you'll find a lot of the younger people in the industry, they do have moms or dads or uncles who have helped them out or get started out, but not not all. Mm-hmm. Or I'm starting to see a lot more um, younger, like younger people in the industry, which is great to see. Um, but for so long, it was not 
an industry where you saw people starting out in their early 20s. Yeah. And if you, if you, there's still people who start out in their, in their 30s and their 40s and they decide to switch careers like any career. But, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it's, it's nice to see more younger people taking, um, taking a shot at it because mm -hmm. it is, uh, something that you can be very successful at if you put the time and the energy. Yeah. So you use the word mentor and I actually was just going to ask you about that. So mm -hmm. what role do you think like having mentors played in, in your career? I, I get messages all the time from new realtors on how to get started. And it, I don't think I would be where I am today without him. Yeah. Because, um, and his name is Don. I should say that. <laughs> his name is Don. Um, I don't think I would be where I am today without Don because he has just taught me so much. And really just taking your licensing exam at UBC isn't enough. Mm -hmm. You're, you don't have enough experience. To, I don't understand how from taking your licensing, just like it with anything, right? Mm -hmm. How you can just sell a house the next day, like how you can learn all the paperwork. And yeah. There just isn't enough support there, in my opinion. Um, and I just it, having Dawn teach me how to put a deal together was so crucial. But by the day I was licensed, I knew that if I was to meet a potential client, I knew how to uh, represent them responsibly. Right. Um, yeah. I wasn't just learning as as we went, um, which I think is huge because mm -hmm. your clients can feel that. Mm -hmm. And by the time I went off on my own with my first client, I already put together um, with Dawn over 100 deals. So I knew everything that needed um, to be done. But obviously, I still learned as well. But it was one of those things where I just, I just learned so much from him that I do think it is crucial mm -hmm. that you have the mentorship before you go off on your own. Just, and you have to get someone who you believe in their business as well. Right. Because there's a lot of people who are successful that you may not want. Um, to do business the same way as them. Right. And yeah. I really liked how every single client of Dawn's respected him as a person. They didn't just think he was a great salesperson. Yeah. They, they wanted to share his name with their friends and family. Um, and then there's a lot of different ways you can get business in this industry. But so far, and I started off getting bit my business from door knocking and cold calling but this year i'm working mostly referral based and it is so nice to That's so awesome by the day you're connected with a client to already feel like there is a friendship there or you have mm -hmm. enough interests um together that the conversation just flows and it really doesn't feel like work it feels like you're shopping like how when we were working together it just felt like we were shopping as friends totally right? oh my god my mom had so much fun by the way she always says i miss amy oh, i had so, so much cute. fun looking at houses with you girls you made me feel young again yeah no it was so fun and that's what's important to me is i, I want my clients to feel comfortable i mean it is such a fun exciting time mm -hmm. i don't want it just to feel like business and i don't need it to be that way um i am very happy with the amount of business i do and i'm hoping to grow my business naturally and yes 
sometimes I need to put in the work uh, and going out and doing the door knocking and the cold calling times mm-hmm. do get slow. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, the business doesn't always just come to me at all. <laughs> but sometimes, like I, I, I believe we met by you, you emailed me off my social media. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that is the best compliment you could, I could ever receive just having someone email me. That doesn't happen all the time. So that was mm-hmm. the day you emailed me was a day I was probably really, really happy. <laughs> it's <laughs> amazing. Best, yeah. It's, uh, it's the best thing that can happen. And it's happened to me a lot more this year than um, prior years in the business, just because I, I'm starting to get my name out there a little bit mm-hmm. more and my social media is starting to bring me in business. Which That's is, amazing. Yeah, which is something that I started out doing it, um, thinking that it was important to get my name out there through social media yeah. just because it was just when I started out in real estate, social media was just kind of taking off. Yeah. And Instagram was so easy for me to use, right? We grew up using Instagram and Facebook. So totally. making a post wasn't difficult. And I always get that question from older agents. How do you do your social media? And I, I can't really explain it because it's just something that we grew up doing, that it comes a little bit more natural to us. Yeah, we're used to like using it to have a personal brand. That concept mm-hmm. isn't super foreign, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's not, we don't have to teach ourselves how to make a post or how to edit something or how to download an app to put writing on the picture. Like that is all pretty easy for us where it's, it doesn't, it's not easy for everyone, right? So I thought, you know what, I need to take advantage of the fact that I can use social media and it's just easy for me to do a Mm -hmm. post. It doesn't take a lot of time and energy. And it also lets people know that I'm doing business. Totally. Um, and I think that is huge is when I am posting my listings or my sales or just what I'm doing day to day, it lets people know that I'm still out there and I'm working and I want to work with them. Um, and that is, a, I do notice a huge shift in my business when I slow down on social media. I don't get as many calls or emails like I did from you, mm-hmm. but if I'm busy on social media, I will get those, um, online leads which are the most powerful leads that i could receive yeah because um, the person has already decided that they would like to purchase or they would or they're thinking about selling by the time they they reach me yeah it's a hotter lead for it sure is. yeah instead of <laughs> knocking on someone's door and telling them hey your house is worth this i think you should sell yeah um and then they go oh what my house is worth 1.2 i thought it was worth nine hundred thousand. wow this is amazing and then they start to discuss with their kids and mm-hmm. their friends mm-hmm. and they talk themselves out of selling or they decide maybe in a year from now. So you have to be following up every couple of months for the next year. So those are definitely more difficult leads, but that's a great way to get business as well. It's just, it takes longer. Yeah. So, yeah. so when you were first starting out and like first kind of like getting your social media started mm-hmm. up and obviously it's probably harder back then. Like you're not as certain when the next client's going to come. For sure. How did you, like, I think this would be useful for other people who are kind of starting their own business. Mm-hmm. How do you motivate yourself to like get through that first bit where it was like, you really are grinding and like you're putting effort into your social and like you're seeing results, but it's probably not results. It's never as quickly as we want to see them. I find like it's, you know, it's slow and there's a grind there. Mm -hmm. How did you motivate yourself to kind of keep going and keep putting, putting yourself out there? Yeah, I think, you know, I was just so passionate about the industry when I first started out and it in no way was it easy. Um, but I just, 
felt like I really didn't care if people made fun of me. I didn't care if it was embarrassing for me to make a certain post because I just wanted people to know that this is what I'm doing and I'm and I'm very excited about mm-hmm. it and I'm willing to put the time in to get the business. Um, so when I first started out in real estate, I actually stopped working. Um, I stepped away from my assistant position with Don just because it was so time consuming. I was working 10 hour days with him. Mm-hmm. Just I couldn't really focus on my own business. So that's why um, I decided that I was just going to go off on my own. And I would say my the biggest motivation for me to get started was I was broke. <laughs> I didn't have a lot of savings because I took a big pay cut and I had a traveling. So I was really just paying my bills with the money I was mm-hmm. um, making as an assistant. So I really wanted to be successful and I didn't want to fail because I left this amazing job. I didn't, I, I was, Don was still there, right? He was still around, but mm-hmm. I didn't want to fail because I was leaving this great job learning from him where I could have spent another two years doing it but I just felt that I was ready to go off yeah and I wanted to give it a fair shot and if it didn't work out I probably would have approached him and and, um, asked if he still needed help around and if Mm -hmm. he still needed an assistant but I knew that deciding not to work as his full-time assistant he'd probably hire someone else on really soon so I didn't want to fail um and i just went out and i went i started door knocking <laughs> yeah just decided not to yeah. fail right you're yeah, just like I i'm just, gonna do this <laughs> yeah i decided that i was going to find the business and mm-hmm. just really put myself out there that's amazing yeah. i feel like that leap is so hard like it is very when you're hard. in a comfortable thing to yeah take that leap and like go into the unknown even though you know that the potential payoff is great we're so risk averse right so it's really hard to do that you have to be so confident and like knowing your skills and knowing what you're capable of i think that really speaks to being like your own personal cheerleader right Mm -hmm. it's like you really have to be like no i know who i am i know i can work hard enough to get this done you really have to trust yourself yeah like my first year in the industry, I definitely had some up and downs. Um, I think I set goals that weren't realistic and I was very hard on myself. And I think that's very common in our industry because it is so competitive right. that you're watching everyone else killing it and you may be slow or maybe you're really busy and everyone else feels the same way about you. So it's just one of those industries where everyone's constantly comparing. Mm. And that was one thing that I really had to just stop doing and step away from and understand why I'm doing this and understand that I am still young and it may take a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, so just not comparing yourself is huge. It's so hard um, to do that. It's right? <laughs> so hard to do, especially with social media. Oh, God, yeah. Especially with a competitive industry or in, in, in any profession, you're going to compare yourself, mm-hmm. right? It's something you just have to try to let go of to be able to truly make um, achievable goals. I sat down with my manager after the first couple of months and I had a really good six months. My first six months were probably some of my busiest times so far. I was out every single day door knocking and I got really lucky. One of my 
One of my first couple of days um, door knocking, I met somebody and they were ready to go, ready to list their house, which now oh, wow. I walk a lot more, it doesn't happen as often. So I think someone was watching over me. Um, <laughs> I knocked on the door, they were ready to go. I listed their house that week or the next week. And then they referred me to someone else. And then from that one deal, it turned into I think it was like six or seven deals. Oh, wow. Just for family That's and friends amazing. and referrals. And, I was so lucky to have that at the very start because it really built up my confidence. And then I had something to talk about. Right. When you're talking about just getting out there on your social media, well, at at the start, you feel like, oh, I don't have much to post. You have to figure Mm. out what to post and what to get started on. And that really comes from doing the work. For you, it's definitely like having your own business, right? And Mm -hmm. how do you handle, like, I feel like with any type of sales job, it's like, you could always work more. Like there's all, I, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I just feel like you could, you could always like keep working. You can yes. always keep looking. Like for me, I work my nine to five and then I close my computer and I can walk away from it and not totally. be worried about anything yeah. exploding, but you don't have that luxury necessarily. And also you, I mean, you couldn't, but you could work huge long days and maybe still grow your business a little bit. So how do you balance like knowing when you've hit like the work-life balance of this is how much I'm willing to to put in, like knowing that you potentially could put in more and probably have more business. How do you draw that line for yourself and and make sure that you're still maintaining your personal life and well, I'm going to be very honest with this because I know my boyfriend's going to listen and he's going to laugh if I tell the absolute (laughs) truth. So I will be honest. Um, I am bad with the work-life balance. I, some days just I'll be in bed at 10 p.m. and I'll whip out my laptop in our bedroom and I'll start looking online. I'll start looking to see what's popped up or if mm-hmm. I'm working with a buyer who's really frustrated and they're really wanting to get into the market or maybe their home isn't selling. I constantly just need to be checking in on the market and looking at the new listing and looking at the sales and I struggle a bit with that. I struggle with shutting down some days, Mm -hmm. especially when I'm really busy and I have momentum um, with a few sales because usually I just want to continue to ride out that momentum. And I I do struggle with the ups and downs still. So it is something I'm working on and I think it takes time. And I know a lot of successful realtors and it's a very hard thing to master. There's going to be people pulling you in a million different directions at all times. Mm-hmm. And you need to either outsource that work and hire an assistant and be responsible for their income, which is <laughs> stressful when you don't even know what your income is going to be doing at all times. Right. right. We talked about before. Yeah. Um, or you need to push through and work when you're busy and and, and try to enjoy the slow times. But which which I have been trying to do this year and I've been doing a lot better. I've been working a lot when the business is there. And if the business isn't there, I kind of take the week to relax and understand that I just had a busy couple of months. Maybe I just need to recharge mm-hmm. and maybe that's why the business isn't here right now because I'm exhausted and it shows through my work. But sometimes you get down on yourself and you just want your as soon as things slow down, you're like, oh, what am I'm doing something wrong. I'm not I'm not doing enough prospecting. I'm slacking. It's one of those jobs where you constantly feel like if you're not if you're not reaching the same results you were last month, 
then you're not putting the work in that you need to be doing. Yeah. And I guess, like you said, too, like the comparison thing, probably I would imagine is a challenge, too. Like if you see other people around you having sales or like because obviously people it's very I feel like your industry is very transparent. Like people are posting on social media when they close a deal. So, yeah, I can imagine it can be hard to just take that little bit of time. I like I I imagine that I would really struggle with that. To be honest, it's difficult and it's difficult on my health for sure. Like I get into uh, these, I'm noticing now that I, every single day I need to work out. It's so important for me. Mm -hmm. It makes such a difference in my work. I feel so much better when I'm working out every day, Mm -hmm. but some days you just feel like you can't fit it in. Like I I wake up and I have a buyer, a a buyer has messaged me 10 properties they want to see and the market we're in right now if you don't get your clients through that house right away someone else is going to buy it yeah so it's very frustrating because Mm -hmm. you don't want that person to be angry with you but also you need to take care of yourself and your own schedule yeah so it is one of those things where you're just constantly putting others before you and that's where i've really stepped back this year and said okay even if i did 100 sales this year and I was able to save a bunch of money and I still would be unhappy if I don't have my health. Yeah. Right. So it's so just, right. it doesn't matter um, how much business you do if you aren't healthy in all aspects. And if you aren't successful in all aspects of your life, not just business, you're going to feel it at some point. Yeah. I think like you said too, it will eventually start to come through in your work. Yeah, exactly. And it's one of those industries where you have to be confident because you're constantly in front of people. And if you're not feeling your best, it it shows and it shows through in your confidence. Um, So it's one of those things that it's one of my goals for this year is to keep, keep with my working out and eating healthy. And it's, uh, something that is the first thing to go as soon as you go really get really busy and with most most people when they're busy then that's the first thing to go which is like the last thing that should go when you're getting busy and stressed exactly (laughs) although it doesn't work like that like it happens to all of us but yeah yeah i know we touched on a little bit before um how i did start on and start out in the industry really young and maybe some of my friends weren't in this similar spot in life maybe it's somewhere going to school or mm-hmm. traveling mm-hmm. that was something i struggled with quite a bit too um yeah yeah let's talk about that i find that really interesting because i think that sometimes even like i can't speak for what your friends were like but i what i've observed and what i can imagine is that even sometimes people who love you can have a hard time understanding why mm-hmm. you're willing to make the type of sacrifice you are mm-hmm. when it comes to like your job or like prioritizing your work and and that kind of stuff it can be hard to relate right because we all have different levels of interest in our career or different levels that we're willing to push ourselves for our career i have a really good friend group and um family for sure i think the biggest thing that i have struggled with is just missing out right the feeling of missing out Mm -hmm. because i was a licensed agent at 21 years old and some of my friends were out traveling Asia or, and I did that um, when I was fresh out of high school, I did go on a uh, little bit of a trip, but my friends didn't go at that time. So to go watch them all go to, I, I remember this, there was this one summer where all my friends went away and they all went away together. 
Oh, and a gosh. lot of my girlfriends and I was out door knocking, trying to get new business. And I'm like, what am I doing? Who am I doing this for? And at those times, I just kept feeling like, why am I even doing this? I'm so young. I don't even, I could do this in five years. Why am I wasting my early 20s? But now I'm so thankful that I did do it. Right? Okay, yeah. Um, but every, you're you're going to have to sac- those sacrifices when you start out any business, right? Mm-hmm. And, and any career. And I'm sure you felt this too, because you're, in some ways, I believe very much like myself and very motivated um, career-wise. And mm-hmm. I'm sure you've made lots of sacrifices to be where you are today and to be a homeowner homeowner at such a young age. And and yeah. still, to, like I'm sure you ha- make the sacrifices daily um, to do what you do. So it is one of those things you just have to accept. If your business is important to you or if getting ahead is important to you, then you need to miss out sometimes. Yeah, I think it's definitely like a matter of knowing what's important to you Mm -hmm. and just not forgetting that is Mm -hmm. like, this is important to me and I respect myself. So I want to prioritize this thing that I know. Exactly. Yeah. And it's also kind of like valuing your future self. Mm -hmm. Like my future me is going to thank me for doing this. Like that's like how it is like with saving money too. Like Oh, like it's so not gratifying. Well, I mean, I'm kind of weird. I like putting money in my savings account. It is oh, satisfying. But, but just recently, I, I did it before. Oh. <laughs> but sometimes it's like, damn it. Like I really yeah. want like a new pair of Lulus or like yeah. I want this. And you kind of have to tell yourself like, no, I'm going to thank myself in the future for putting this money aside. It's exactly. kind of the same thing, right? Like you're going to thank yourself in the future for putting that time aside, for putting mm-hmm. that energy in to really carry your career because I mean, I don't know if you'll ever really take your foot off the gas, but it will get you in a position where you do have a bit more stability and you probably do will over time get a little bit more control because you are willing to sacrifice in the beginning to like work yourself up to where you are. Right. It's funny that you said that if I'll ever put my foot off the gas, because I ask myself that all the time. I say, what would it take for me to want to retire from this business since we don't Mm. really have a set retirement plan? Yeah. Um, and I don't know because I truly love it. And I can't see myself not loving it. But maybe mm-hmm. realtors won't act how we are 20 years from now. Maybe yeah, knows. we won't have a job 20 years from now, right? There's so much change that can happen. But I just love to work. And I think that is one of the things where, yes, I, I may be a little bit different than some of my friends and family that can't fully understand why I want to work the way I do or... Mm-hmm. I truly do enjoy work. When I'm busy with work, I I feel happy, Mm -hmm. right? And I don't think that's for everyone, and I don't think that has to be for everyone. And I don't think people should be down on themselves if they they don't want to make work a main focus in their life because there's lots of different priorities for everyone. But I truly don't know what would make me stop working. I could see myself working in real estate till I was 75. <laughs> I mean, if, if by then you're like still enjoying it, why, why not? not like, right? You get semi-retire. Like yeah. even if you're, you might need to not be like doing it the same amount that you're yeah. doing it now. Like it yeah. might just be enough, like some extra income, yeah. you know, you have that on the side and you really enjoy it and you like that, like yeah. that interpersonal interaction. And yeah, I mean, who knows, right? Yeah, but and it's funny because I started out in this industry thinking, oh, I want to retire young. I want to be at, at home with my kids. And 
That's so funny. Now I just want to, I just want to (laughs) work. Just take it day by day, I guess, right? Like, see, you never know what's going to happen, but. Exactly. That's, that's amazing. I feel like you're so lucky that you're so passionate about what you, what you do, right? And that kind of, that drives why you feel like you can probably do it for a really long time because you genuinely enjoy what you do. And I think there's something out there for everyone that they, I I just, I hate to chat with people and they just just really dislike their jobs and I just don't understand it. And I think I am very lucky to live where I live and be doing what I'm doing because there is business for it, right? Yeah. Um, there is business there if you want it, but I just don't think, I think life is way too short to be hating your job. And I, I mean, every job there's gonna be, there's gonna be downsides to it, but you should enjoy it for the most part. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, I have, I have a girlfriend and we always have this discussion of like, live to work or work to live. Mm-hmm. And like, everyone has a little bit of a different opinion on that. Like, I'm for definitely sure. kind of like a, more of a live to work. Mm-hmm. Like, I do really like what I do and I love the challenge of, of having a career, which is more kind of, I think, in the camp that you are. But some people are very much just like work to live. Like mm-hmm. they do their job and they, you know, they not necessarily hate it, but like they're not super stoked on it, but it gives them the money that they need to live their life. And mm-hmm. I guess either either one of those is completely viable, but it's it's just so interesting how it, it differs from person to person. Like mm-hmm. it's so different, our yeah. attitudes towards our careers. And I don't know what it is necessarily. I find that so, so fascinating because I'm definitely a workaholic. So yeah. like that's the camp that I'm in. And sometimes I wish I wasn't as much that way. Like sometimes I wish I just detached myself from it a little yeah. bit more. Yeah, I struggle um, with that at times too. I see people ending the day at five or driving to an appointment at 7 p.m. and I see everyone on the highway going the opposite direction going home. And I'm like, wow, how nice would it be to eat a warm meal? Or, <laughs> how did I end up here? <laughs> yeah, how did I end up here? Why am I driving an hour away at 7.30 p.m. when I should be in bed watching my show then the next day you're gonna sleep in like you always just get to think about you have to think about the positives yeah too, right and it's con it is you you find yourself in your weak moments comparing mm-hmm. and see, looking at someone else's situation and going oh that looks so much nicer and the grass green. is always greener the grass too. is always greener always. but you don't know what they struggled with eight hours before right they totally just, so you just always Always have to look at the positives, which yeah. is not easier said than done. <laughs> We're all fighting our own battles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Okay, I want to talk to you about one more thing. I really, really, really want to talk to you about negotiations mm-hmm. slash like your experience of like being a young woman and like, you know, you walk into some very high stakes situations. Like your clients are relying on you to get them their dream home. And, you know, you're, you're dealing with like one of the, probably the largest investments they're going to ever make. It's, it's pretty high pressure. And you started young and you did mention too, that people said like, Oh, you're too young. People won't take you seriously. Mm -hmm. So I think now that I think about it, I think I'm the youngest person in my office. So I, I understand what it, and I've always kind of been young for like the work that I'm doing. So I'm lucky that I have felt respected, but I also have felt a little bit of that, like feeling like the younger one and blah, 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 blah. So how do you, how did you kind of get the confidence to like go up against (laughs) realtors that have like literally like 40 years more experience than you or like or did you have her like how did you if someone was maybe condescending towards you or talked like how did you get the confidence to overcome that and keep pushing through 
Um, Because I think like a lot of people, especially young women, Mm -hmm. are faced with with this. No, and it is a real thing. And I I do experience it all the time. But I I think because I learned from someone so successful and he's one of the top realtors in Canada and I watched how he worked and I watched the respect he had for people. When I run into those situations with realtors who talk to me a certain way just because they have more experience, it just completely eliminates the respect I have for them. Mm-hmm. And I I don't feel that there's no need to treat someone that way just because they have less experience than you. Um, and I, I just don't let it get under my skin. But when negotiating, because a lot of agents who are a little bit more senior like to bring it up. Well, I've been in the industry for 25 years. Oh, God. You just have to step back. And look at the facts, they're right before us. <laughs> and you look at all the recent sales and you have a serious conversation with your client. You know where your client's at and you try to feel out the seller as much as possible or the buyer. Um, and you just have to, knowledge is power. You have to know wh- what your client is willing to pay and what the seller may be willing to let that property go for. Um, so there's no way to completely predict negotiating it is very it's it is very difficult and Mm -hmm. it is intimidating at times but what i learned from dawn was when you're working with an agent so when you're working with a listing agent or a buying agent they are your best friend while negotiating you if you go in too aggressive and i i have that with people too i was working on a listing over the last couple of months and an agent sent me a really low offer after only a couple days on the market in a very busy market and her uh, way of doing things was to send this low offer and then to try to bring me down Mm. in a way to send me some sales that weren't really relevant but they were relevant to her so um and say that i'm way overpriced and i'm Mm. never gonna get the price and i'll be honest i think a lot of people would be lying if they 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 don't have these feelings when you have another agent telling you you're way off on price right when you list something there is a moment a moment of insecurity oh am i or why Mm. do they feel this way right um and you really just have to look at all the facts all the recent sales and once again and just be strong to what the promise you made to your client that you're going to get them the best price possible or if you're working with them as a buyer that you are going to represent them in the best way possible um but at the end of the day at the end of the day when buying and selling it's up to the seller and it's up to the buyer what they're willing to pay and what the seller is going to let the property go for so it is in some ways out of your hands but it's just feeling out the situation as and seeing how motivated the seller may be or how motivated your buyer is going to be. You may be in a situation where your buyer is really interested in a property um, and the seller is being very difficult and they're only going to let it go for a certain price. And you either have to decide with your buyer, are you going to walk away or are you going to take it? There's, mm-hmm. there, isn't, there isn't much more we can do here. Mm-hmm. And usually there's a couple of days before that of negotiations to kind of get there and to kind of feel that way. But there are situations where a seller is very firm on their pricing and your buyer really wants the property. Maybe it's a unique property 
and you just have to give them as much information as possible and understand that it is at the end of the day out of your hands it is mm -hmm. up to the buyer and it is up to the seller and that is one thing i did struggle with for people listening at home that aren't necessarily interested in real estate this is yeah. totally applicable to like even like negotiating a salary or totally. like negotiating buying a used car or like negotiating chores with your boyfriend like it sounds silly but like everything you're saying is true like have good information like you said do your research know your facts and be yeah. confident in your facts find try to find the win-win try to find mm -hmm. the mutual benefit right and mm -hmm. and then be firm like when you know when you know that you've looked into those things and you you're confident in where you stand then stand firm and and yeah, yeah. and this is like when i work with sellers buyers too you never want to be too pushy on your buyers or your sellers to accept a certain price or to go up to a certain price because when people are unhappy after the deal is accepted usually those are the deals that don't come together so when everyone feels like okay this is this was meant to be or i feel okay about this those are the buyers who are usually going to remove subjects but when you push past a certain price that you're willing to pay you have a couple days to get your financing in order and do your inspection and those are when the second thoughts and the doubt starts to come in and i i say that sometimes to listing agents i don't know how my buyer is going to feel if they have to pay another ten thousand they might find something else in the next week like i hate to bring that in but it's true because i mm -hmm. you can kind of assess the certain price point that your buyer is willing to pay and what they're going to have to put into the unit what i always like to say is going in and being friendly with the, the listing agent or being friendly with the buyer's agent because at the end of the day you're there for the same goal to get the sale and totally. have a happy buyer and seller so yeah i think we all can remember that like we all want the same thing mm -hmm. like we're working towards a common goal yeah. and like if you keep that in mind then that's that's the best way to kind of come together and find a solution, I think. Yeah, and like you were saying with getting a raise at work, if your employer really wants you there, they're not wanting you to leave because you're unhappy or not you're not putting in the work because you're unhappy with your salary. Mm -hmm. But you don't want to stay unless you feel appreciated and that you're getting paid for your time. So if you're able to agree, then it's just going to be a win-win for both. You're exactly. going to be putting more effort in and you're going to, the employer is going to feel that you're not, not putting your full effort in because you're not, yeah. you don't feel like your pay is fair. Yeah. And they feel more secure that you're going to stay because exactly. you're happy and not going to stray and look elsewhere. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Well, thank you so much. You are a total lady boss, might I say. It is so <laughs> inspiring. So yeah. So my Instagram is amybrownyvr.ca. Um, and feel free to follow me along there. I love to meet new people and I would love to work with you if you've been thinking about buying or if you have any questions about the market or if you have any questions on how to get started or how to even buy a house. I know um, there is a lot of questions that can be answered. So please feel free to reach out. I always love meeting new clients and hopefully one day we get to work together. Amazing, thank <laughs> you so much. And I can say she is great. Like. I, I think that the the demographic of people that listen to this podcast are probably at the point where they might be considering purchasing first time home buyers. And Amy, I literally had zero clue what I was doing, oh. and you very much walked me through it, and it was oh, so amazing. So you'd be in very good hands. Oh, good. Um, you can find the podcast at notyouraveragegirl.podcast on Instagram. You can find me at Jess R. Stafford. Sarah isn't here, but you can find her at Sarah.Megs. 
and we will catch you next week with a whole other episode. 